You are listening to audio from Hyde Park Baptist Church in Lumberton, North Carolina. You can join us each Sunday morning at 1045 Eastern Standard Time at hydepark.online.church. Now, as you can see, I am not Pastor Jeff. I am Pastor Paul. I am the youth pastor here. Um, and I'm going to bring the word to you. Pastor Jeff apologizes for not being here, um, but I got a text last night um, about 1045 that he felt a little fluish. Um, and then uh, 645 this morning, I confer- confirmation that, yes, he is sick. So I am here. Um, and I'm going to bring the word. Yes, that's right. So, um, in that sense, I know he's been preaching through Revelation, um, and having less than 24 hours notice, I am not preaching through Revelation. Um, so, if you could open up your Bibles to 1 John, I figure, you know, I'll bring you another word of John um, to you this morning. So, open up the, to 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 5. So, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. <clears throat> It says this, this is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, if I I am writing these things to you so you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for allowing us to be here today, to be gathered together in worship of you. To say, it is not I, but through Christ in me. And Father God, I pray right now that as your son Jesus, it is your Holy Spirit speaking through you, speaking through me and through your word, allowing us to have the ears to hear and the hearts to embrace your word. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Yes, so. So for those of you who, who know me, I'm the youth pastor, and, and there again, um, this, this is a message I've brought to my youth ministry before in the past, so there again, the examples are, are geared to that kind of age range, okay? It also is geared to me, because I um, still have not grown up. Um, but I love comic books, I love superheroes, I love movies, and you know, my illustrations, I'm like, which one do I go with? Do I go with movie? Do I go with comic book? I'm like, hey, this one's great for comic book. So does anybody here know the superhero Green Lantern? You might know who the Green Lantern is. Okay, actually more of you here know than than their first service. That's great, okay? So Green Lantern, whoa, let's fall over. Green Lantern, he came back, uh, he came around about the 1940s, but the one that, my my favorite, that was Hal Jordan. He's my favorite uh, Green Lantern. He came around in the 1960s. 
Okay, and so the Green Lantern, the whole thing he has is he has this power ring that he puts on his finger, and he has this power battery that's powered by the color of green, the whole the color spectrum. The color of green is power, willpower, and that's where he gets his power from. And he says this mantra, all the Green Lanterns, there's like thousands of them, they say this mantra, and they ask them to charge the battery and charge their ring, um, and the mantra is, in, in, uh, in, dark, in blackest day and uh, in brightest night, I'm sorry, bright, blackest night, brightest day, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. And when they say this, it, cha- it channels the, the power, the willpower inside of this battery to go into their ring, allows them to overcome great fear, and when they, when they think of something, it creates it out of the green light, and it becomes a physical construct. Okay, whatever it is they can think of, anything from extravagant to like a giant uh, building to honestly how Jordan goes very simple, he goes punching glove, and he just, like, he just knocks out the bad guys, okay? That, that's what he does. And, and so as, as the comic books are going on, they're like, man, this, this, this hero, he's powerful, man. He's, he's awesome. He, he's beating everybody. What should we do? Let's create him a supervillain. Okay, well, uh, who can stand up against him? Okay, let's say, hell, he, he has the green light. What about yellow light? Okay, well, genius, yes, let's do it. Let's capitalize on this. And so they create basically a, a lantern and a ring for every color of the spectrum. And yellow is the color of fear. And it became basically the, the, the great nemesis, the enemy of the Green Lanterns. Because honestly, it was like a betrayal. They had a Green Lantern turn to the Yellow Lanterns and lead them. It was a, it was a whole thing. But basically, it's the, color, it's the color of will against the color of fear, and they're battling, okay? Now, this was like the greatest weakness the Green Lantern ever had. The Green Lantern's ring would not work against the color yellow. And that doesn't work when your enemy is covered in yellow, okay? So, so they're like, man, okay, what, what do we do? How, how do we overcome this, the, the, this enemy? Well, it took the, the four Green Lanterns of Earth, okay, four, there's four of them. It took them realizing that this mantra that they've been saying about overcoming fear, right? They're, they're given the ring because they have the ability to overcome great fear. When over the years... They, they, they've kind of lost that, that purpose. They've lost that message. And the Green Lanterns have been like, man, we're so powerful. We're so awesome. We're so brave. We can overcome anything. Well, actually, over the years, the, the yellow, the evilness, right, the fear was able to creep inside, inside of them and actually start corrupting a lot of the Green Lanterns. And they actually were actually being used by the enemy because they have forgotten what, what, actually, what they stand and what they believe in what actually meant. So these four, these four Earth Green Lanterns, they realized, man, we have, we, we've been called to overcome this fear, right? We, we have this ability to overcome it. So, so we shouldn't shun it. We shouldn't put it away. We should realize, man, we, we can fall. We can stumble. We, we can be afraid, right? We can have these things in our life happen, and we, we, can, we, we might not understand it, but it might terrorize us, but we can overcome it. And one way they do that is by relying on another, being built up by their friends and talking about their loved ones, by saying, you can do it. You know, they let, let, let's keep pushing forward. And, stuff. and a lot, what, they, what happens is they realize they have the power to overcome that fear and went in their heads and, and, and inside their, their, their willpower. They say, I can overcome this. This is not holding me back. I'm not allowing this to deter me from doing whatever saving, whatever thing they have to do. And they were, they were able to overcome the enemy of the yellow, the yellow lanterns, the enemy of fear, they're able to overcome it and not allow it to 
keep hindering them, allowing them to, to not walk in their light, in the green light of honestly the, the, the kind of superhero that they are, they realized, no, we, we can stumble. We can be afraid. But we can overcome. And we need to walk in that. We need to show that it's not just us being all big and bad. It's that humbleness. And so and that's, what, that's what John is saying here. John's saying, hey, God is light. God is good. God is this, is this perfection, this, this awesomeness. We need to walk in this light. But the darkness here, the darkness is still going to try and creep in there and get inside of you and try and blind you from that light. So you miss the whole purpose of what it means to walk in the light of Jesus Christ so that you stumble, you fall, and you miss the purpose of what it means to walk for Jesus. And then eventually overtake you. But he's saying, no, let's hold on, let's press forward. Let's keep going in Jesus Christ within you. Through Jesus Christ, you will overcome and you can shine the light of Jesus Christ in all that you do. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's look at verse 5. It says this, there again, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So right here from the start, verse 5, there is no darkness in God. No darkness. This is a theological belief that we must grasp and wrap our heads and hearts around. There is no darkness in God. God is light, and his light represents our life. He represents life and perfection and holiness. Darkness, there again, the whole thing is light against dark. Darkness represents separation from God. Right? God's over here. This is darkness over here. Complete separation from him. Sin, and yes, it's alluding to there again, the enemy, you know, Satan, his means they're, they're all on this earth that will try and deter you, will try and throw you off. They are here and they are in the darkness and they're trying to overcome you. And this darkness separates God and Jesus from us. And we are sadly consumed by the darkness and we allow it to overtake us or distract us away from the life that God's life and light brings us. But how, how do we do that? How does that happen? Well, it's the, it's all the fact that we, that we we have the Word of God here. We're in the Word of God, and we say, "Yeah, God, I I, I know you say this. Like God, God, I know you say this um, here. G- Jesus, I, I know you you showed us an example here of, of how to how to answer and how to live, but." And we throw that in there, and whatever it is, let's say, yeah, I know, I know, God, but aren't there more ways to get to heaven, right? Aren't you in all things in the world? Aren't you able to bring your goodness through all things, even those those false things people believe in? Like, can't they see it and know you and know that they're just if they're just a good person? Can't they get into heaven? Like, I, I know what you say, God. Um, I know you say I must follow, I must follow you, but, but don't, don't I need to follow it perfectly? Because if I don't follow it perfectly, I'm not going to earn your love. I'm not going to earn your grace. I'm not going to earn my place in the heaven. Yeah, yeah God, I, I, I know you say I need to stand for your truth. I know you say I need to stand um, for what it, what it says in the Bible. 
But, but my friends that claim to be a part of the, the different lifestyles of the world, be, be it the whole LGBTQ, be it atheist, be it Muslim, be it Buddhist, be it whatever it is, or, or are they just good people? Uh, you know, can't, can't, can they have their lives accepted, right? Isn't it me being judgmental if I don't accept the way they're living? Like, God, I know you're saying, I mean, stand for your truth. But God, I, you know, I, I love my friends. I, I love my colleagues. I, I love what's happening. I don't, not, I, don't, I don't love what's happening, but I love them. Can, 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 can I be accepting a little bit of what they're doing? We, we put that but in there. We start allowing it to fit the way we think, the way we act, the way we live. And we start veering away from his truth and light. I did this, whatever it is, whatever you're putting out there, this is not pressing the truth of the gospel. The truth of Jesus Christ is this. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one may come to the Father except through me. The Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We are called to go out there and make disciples of all nations, showing his example, right? Showing his love, teaching the message of Jesus Christ. The Great Commandment, love one another as Christ has loved you. That the true way of walking the light would be following his commands, learning more and more about him, and believing that his word is true. Right? Placing your faith in, in, in God, placing your faith in Jesus Christ is not just believing in him, it is believing. Right? It's, not, it's not just saying that I believe in God, it's like, no, I believe God, I believe what he says, I believe who he is. And when we do that, we have fellowship with God. And when we have fellowship with God, we actually have real fellowship with others. Right? If we have true fellowship with the Lord, believing all of his words and following all of his commands, then we truly walk in his light. And when we walk together as, as a family of believers, now we're all adopted children in the, in the family of God. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. Jesus' blood is our payment. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit when we get to that big word propitiation, right? But, but it's just important to point out again that when we believe in his words and we place our faith in him and we fellowship with him and we're learning more and more about him daily and we're living for him daily, then we are truly washed by his blood and we are showing it. But then here's the problem again. Verse 8, we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. Verse 8 says this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So are, are you going to lie to yourselves, or are we going to have true faith? I don't want you to deceive yourself, okay? We, you know, us here, if we're claiming to be Christ followers, if we're claiming to be Christian, I don't want you to lie to yourself. Everyone still sins. We all still make mistakes. We still all fall short of the glory of God. Do you know why? Because we are here on this earth. We are not in heaven. We are not in the presence of God. We're not in the presence of Jesus, right? We're here on this earth, and there are still things that make us stumble and fall. Everyone fails, misses the mark, and stumbles. Nobody in this world is perfect, no matter what they tell you. Me on the stage, Pastor Jeff on the stage, Pastor Bobby on the stage will all tell you that we mess up. We fall short. 
Think, think about this, though. One of the greatest basketball players ever to play the game of basketball said this. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. That's Michael Jordan, one of the greatest players of the NBA, honestly college as well. Uh, he, he says... No matter all the rings he has, all the championships, all the games that he's won, the things that he can remember, he he points out, is where he's missed, where he's failed, and where he's lost. He never let that hold him back to deter him from getting his goal uh, of honestly being one of the greats. And and that's how we are. We're going to fall. We're going to fall short. It may not be every day, Right? But we're going to fall short. When we say we don't sin, when we, don't, when we say that we don't break commands, when we say that we don't, we don't do anything wrong, we're truly lying to ourselves. Romans 8, 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right, what I'm pointing out to you, what Michael Jordan pointed out to you, what, what the Apostle Paul is pointing out to you, who the Apostle Paul says that even with him being one of the greatest missionaries of all time, planting churches, going on massive missionary journeys, writing almost half of the New Testament, that he is one of the, he would consider him one, be one of the chief sinners, even at his age of, of planting churches and writing the Bible, he considers himself one of the chief sinners. Is that we're going to fall short? But we can't allow it to deter us, but we don't want to lie to ourselves and that we're going to be perfect in setting that standard for ourselves. Charles Spurgeon says this. Charles Spurgeon, uh, famous Baptist preacher, said this. The idea of having no sin is a delusion. You are altogether deceived if you say so. The truth is not in you, and you have not seen things in the true light. You must have shut your eyes to the high requirements of the law. You must be a stranger to your own heart. You must be blind to your own conduct every day. You must have forgotten to search your thoughts and to weigh your motives, or you would have detected the presence of sin. He who cannot find water in the sea is not more foolish than the man who cannot perceive sin in his, own, in his members. As the salt flavors every drop of the Atlantic, so does sin affect every atom of our nature. So we're all going to fall short. We're all going to have that. Uh, we're going to have those times where, where fear is going to try and get inside of you, that doubt's going to try and get inside of you, that sin's going to try and get inside of you, that suspicion's going to try and get inside of you, and try and blind you from the light and truth of Jesus Christ. But then here's what we can remember. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John's telling believers that, that if we lift our sins to the Lord and confess that we have sinned against him and, desi- and truly desire him, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive and wipe clean those sins. He is just in the action to forgive us of our sins and against him, they are again due to the blood of Jesus Christ being spilled on the cross. Right? And, and, and this, there again, this, this is a one-time thing when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you truly put yourself homeless before his feet. You say, you say, God, I cannot do it on my own. God, I need you. God, I need your son, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and Savior. I have fallen short. I have sinned against you. And I believe I am broken and I need you to fix me, Lord, to forgive me of my sins so I can truly live for you. You are wiped clean by the blood of Jesus Christ right there. 
but it still takes us to come to him and still continuously say, I am sorry because I have messed up again. Uh, we, don't need to be, we, we don't need to be forgiven by some earthly man, you know, some, some priest in a, in, a, in a cabinet or try to adhere some crazy custom or try and check off all the boxes saying, you know, I've done this, I've prayed, I've, I've tithed, I've done this, yeah, 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 I've, I've been to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. No, we need to go humbly before him, bowing at his feet, and, and know that his presence is here among us. And now that when we put our faith in him, his presence is within us. If anyone were to recognize their brokenness, if anyone were to recognize their sinfulness and brokenness, their sin against God, with a humble heart, confess it before him, he will forgive them, and he is just to do it, and he is faithful to do it. But knowing that we can confess, knowing that he is faithful, we don't need to make him a liar. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and, he, and his word is not in us. Remember that we are not only lying to ourselves if we claim that we have not sinned against any holy standard. Right? We, we are calling God a liar if we claim to have sinned, if we have claimed not to have sinned. God himself recognizes that we are all sinners and we are born separation from him, right? He, he, he sees us as, as, he knows you in your mother's womb, but he knows that when you're born into this world, you're going to be separated from him. You're going to be born into the curse of sinfulness. You're going to be born into that mindset of, hey, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I'm going to do what's right in my eyes. And he says, no, my way is holy and righteous and I want you here with me. But why do we want to call the creator of the universe, the one that has the power to give and take away the the one that has the the just and and the love and the mercy to forgive, why do we want to call him a liar? Why do we want to do that in our actions, the way that we live? Why do we want to call him a liar? But here's hope. Here's more hope. Chapter Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So we have an, we have an advocate for our sin. I love how John phrases it here. He says, oh, there you go, my little children, I'm writing, to you, I'm, writing, I'm writing this to you so you don't sin. But just in case you do, because there again, John knows he sins. John knows people in the church are going to sin. God knows that we're going to sin. Says, just in case you do sin, we have an advocate. There again, an advocate is a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or, or policy, right? Jesus is our advocate, right? He's the one that comes before, before us, right? He's the one that says, this is the way you should live. This is the way you should do. There again, when, 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 when God is there in heaven, and he looks down upon us, and we break his command, and we're there, we're sinning, we're falling short, and sometimes we might be enjoying it too. And God's like, oh, you know, he, he's building up that, that kind of righteous anger, right? Because his creation is doing something that's against him, against his word, and giving him a bad name. Also, could be calling him a liar here, and, and we're falling short. He's building up that kind of wrath and right, that, that justice, right? And he wants to bring it. But then Jesus, Jesus says, Father, I died for that. My blood has covered that. Please show mercy, as I have taken that upon myself. For him, for her, for her, for him. 
I have taken that. And he stands in the way. He takes it. He, he is our advocate. He is speaking for us before the Father. Jesus didn't just, he, he didn't just ascend into heaven, right? He, he didn't just set up his throne and be like, hey, uh, I'm going to sit over here, God. Here's my throne. Father, just, just call me in, okay? When, when, it's my turn to go, when, when it's my turn to go back, just, just call me in the back of the game. Let, let, me, let me know, Father. I'm right here. You know, probably open it with Coke, you know, because Coke's, you know, I'm sure it's going to be heaven because Cokes are great. And he's, he's sitting there just waiting. No, that's, that's not what he's doing. No, he, he is continuously, continuously voicing his support for his people, the people that have placed faith in him as Lord and King, as, 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 as they're the great sacrifice, right? The, the one who's come before and died for them, and those who believe and are truly living for it. He says, I am still speaking out for you daily. And sometimes more than that, because we might sin more often than that. Anytime that someone falls and sins against God, they are deserving of God's punishment for those sins and rightfully deserving to be consumed by the power of the Lord right there on the spot, right? God, God has the power, just, and we're gone. But Jesus is right there with the Father, and they know if we have true faith in the Lord, he is there saying to this Father, Father, I have, I have covered that mistake. I have paid for that mistake. He is continuously intervening for our mistakes. Reminding the Father of his, uh, of his act of love, the spilling of, his, of the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, the propitiation for mankind's sin. Right? That's a big word. Okay, it's a big word in the Bible, propitiation. Sometimes I can't say it right because I talk too fast. Propitiation. Okay? Propitiation um, is, uh, is um, win or regain the favor of either a God or spirit or person by doing something that pleases them. And so Jesus fully and completely pleased the Father and fulfilled his word by taking his, God's Father's rightful, justful wrath upon all creation, all time, upon himself on the cross and had his, his blood spilled. Covered the price for all sin, for all mankind, for all time. He did not just gain the favor of the Lord for you and me. He did it for the whole world. I, I, I have a buddy of mine, uh, he, he was, uh, uh, he, he's, a, he's a youth leader now uh, in Nightdale, he's a, an intern with me in my first church. I love how he would put it like this, he said, he said God's act of mercy, God's gift of salvation is sufficient for all mankind. It's sufficient for all mankind, it's sufficient for all the world, for all of time. But it's only efficient for those who place their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and truly live for him. So yeah, it, it, it's true. I'll, 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 he says it right here. He, he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And that's, that's true. That's, that's God's word. But as you, as you read through the rest of the Bible, as you read through the rest of the Gospels, as you read through all that, it also means that we need to place our faith in him to receive that. We need to remember that uh, when we believe and place our salvation in him and we, we have that get the mercy, it does not take, uh, hmm. it, it doesn't take an instant effect, right? 
in one sense, yes, you are completely forgiven by Jesus Christ. You are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are adopted into the family of God right then and right there. But you ain't perfect. <laughs> you, you are by far not immediately perfect. You will not be perfect until you leave this place when you're with God the Father and you're with Jesus Christ in person, in the heavenly places, in your eternal heavenly body. At that point, you will be perfect. But when we place our, our, our salvation in Jesus Christ, when we say that we're going to live for you, Jesus, when we say that, we're, that you are now our Lord Savior, that we, we have been forgiven, our sins have been washed clean, you have paid the price, you are not easily, you're not immediately perfected. You're not going to walk on water. You're not going to touch things and turn to gold, okay? You are still going to fall and stumble and have challenges in this world, and the things of this world are still going to try and creep in there and cause doubt and confusion, and there are times that we're going to fall to it. When we truly have faith in him and his actions on the cross and confess our sins to him and allow the spirit to change our lives, then we are truly saved by the, by the faith through his grace, right? The, the, the death of Jesus on the cross and paying for our sins is sufficient for us all and sufficient when we put it to work and we place our faith in him. He is the very embodiment of the Yahweh God. This Jesus may not be, be a Jesus we can be comfortable with, right? The rest of the world may not be comfortable with you saying, I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I am lived for Jesus. And whatever he says, whatever he does, whatever the Father says, that's the way I believe. That's the way I'm living. The rest of the world is not going to be comfortable with that. He is the Jesus we need and the whole world needs. But they're not going to be comfortable with it. Be told, man, there's just, there's just one way that we need to believe. There's just, there's just one person. There, 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 there's just only one God that we need to believe in, that we need to follow, and, his, and what he says goes. There's many challenges to that. Now, I love the, the Chronicles of Narnia. One of the main children in the, in the line of which in the wardrobe, they, they ask um, one of the beavers, because they're in the animals talk, so they, 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 they ask Mr. and Miss Beaver. You know, about, about this Aslan, right? This, 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 this lion that's like basically the, the, the king and god of the land, right? They say, um, is, is he safe? And the answer they receive is, no, but, but he is good. <laughs> how, how true of that is us placing our faith in Jesus, especially in the world today? Right, we're, we're called to follow him and follow his ways. That means picking up our cross daily and carrying our cross daily and showing all that we say and do and act that we are believers in him, right? And then we want to live for him. But the rest of the world around us is going to persecute you, going to challenge you, going to mock you. And it's going to be hard. Even Jesus himself said that there would be persecution. And that's where the, the challenge really comes from. In verse 3, he says this, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. He's saying we need to walk the talk. Right? Put your money where your mouth is. We know him. We know his commands. Right? When we follow God's ways, his commands, right, and his word, right, and we, and we live it out, 
This shows that we truly know him for following his commands, showing love, and him to others, then we truly know him. It's evidence that you are truly a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.10 says this, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of God to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 1 John 3.10, later on in 1 John here, by this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. John 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. What about this command? John 21, 17, if you love me, then feed my sheep. Right, do you truly know him? Then are you actually doing it through your actions? Now, this doesn't, this doesn't mean that we become mindless robots and drones just bending to the will of the Father and, and walking around like, like Christian like little robots and cults, right, and just saying the same things. And we're like, man, people look at us like, man, they're, they're weird, okay? No, we are given the freedom to live our lives and become more and more holy and truly feel complete because we are doing what we were created to do and to be in the presence of the Lord. Right? We, we are in him, and then we need to show it. And here again, John challenges us not to be hypocrites when it comes to our faith in Jesus. If we say that we know him, but do not follow his commands, then we are, we are liars. We're hypocrites. If we say that, man, we believe in Jesus, I, I believe in what he's done for me, I believe that he's died on the cross, but then we go over here and we are not showing it at all in the way we're living outside of the church, there, there, there's a problem. There's a disconnect. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love others as the Lord has loved you. Make disciples of all nations. However, if we keep his word, then the love of God is perfected in us. This does not mean an instant perfection there again. It's a continuous process of becoming more holy, becoming more set apart. Right? Called sanctification. Becoming more and more like Jesus we're all born and live in this broken world of sin and depravity. Okay, I, I know that. I, I, I see it all around me. No one is perfect, no matter what they tell you. Everyone needs that salvation. But if we're going to be followers of Jesus, that, and, and so that we have faith that he died for our sins, that, 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 that we are made new creations, right? That his blood, ha, blood has covered the price of our death, and, and that, honestly, that, that, we don't des, that we don't deserve that. But if we're going to say that we believe it, we need to live like it. For one, check, check who you're walking with. You know, be, be, it, be it at school, be it at work, be it around the community. Who are you walking with? Now, now I'm not saying that you, that you shouldn't there even befriend or, or kind of take, uh, take sinners into your life. Because honestly, that, that is good. You need to actually have people in your life that are not believers so that you can actually share the life of Jesus Christ with them. But then the question is, when you're around them, when you're with them, are you allowing the influence of Jesus Christ to work through you for them? Or are you allowing their lifestyle and what they think to influence you? Check who you're walking with. Check your daily language and attitude. Right? What is most important to you? Worldly objects, things you can gain, things you can buy, uh, different activities you're a part of, or God? 
Is, is it more in your mind what you're going to do after church today, what you're going to do later on this week, whatever it is, is that more of your focus or are you more you know, psyched and pumped to come to church? Talk about God. How often do we bring up God or just how often do we invite people to church? How often in your conversations are you bringing up God? It's not comfortable. I can attest to that. It's not easy to, to bring God in the conversation, Jesus Christ in the conversation, and because you know what? Because a lot of times who you're talking to doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't believe in God, right? Wants to believe in their own mind that they're right. So us bringing it up makes, it a little, makes people uncomfortable. But as, as you say it more often, as you bring up God more often, you know, it becomes less uncomfortable for you as believers of God because it's actually a natural thing for us to do is to talk about our Father, talk about our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's very natural for us to do. Now, those we're talking to might, may not be more comfortable because they're, you know, they're getting lost in their sin and they need to know Jesus, but it does become more comfortable for you when you become a more of a, of a daily thing for you to talk about God. Do we feel amazed daily by the gift that Christ has given us? Do you wake up in the morning, for one, thankful that you're awake in the morning and have breath in your lungs, because if, if God didn't give you that, you wouldn't be here. But daily, do you remember, man, I have been, I have been forgiven. I am not deserving. I messed up yesterday. I, I, I yelled at my kids, or, or I lied, or I cheated, or whatever it is. I sinned. I fell short. But God, thank you today that Jesus Christ died for my sins. Do you think about that? More often than just on Sundays when you come to church? Do people, your peers, see you as different and sit apart from the, the normal, the, the lostness around us? Do they see you as different? Like, man, you know, he, he, he or she, you know, they, 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 have some, they have something about them, some kind of, some kind of hopefulness. You know, even in this, this craziness of the world, something about the way they're living, like, just... just I, I got to know what it is. Or they look at you like, he, he's, he's one of us. Jokes around inappropriately, speaks the way we speak, just, a, just goes along and agrees with what we agree as the world. No different. The people, your peers around you, see you as something different, as set apart, as more honestly holy, like Jesus Christ. I mean, think, think about the day. Are you more consumed with talking about things that are going on in the world today than about Jesus Christ? And when I say that, I mean, think about the day. You have this whole thing with the whole elections, the Republicans, Democrats, all that kind of craziness of our country. Are you more consumed about that than you are about Jesus Christ? I was just having a conversation about that today with somebody. And we're talking about how, man, how, how, can, how can this stuff be happening? But you know what? We can't change it. It's in God's hands. And we, 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 we can't worry about it. It is in God's hands. Danny Aiken, uh, he, he's the president of the Southeastern Seminary that, that I went to. Awesome, awesome guy, great writer. He said this. Like father, like son, like savior, like saint. Christ's love, oh, not Christ's love, Christ's life becomes my life, my example, my goal, my pattern. 
So so what he's saying is, it's it's not me saying, I'm living like this. This is what I believe. This is what's right. God, your words don't bend to what I want. No, what he's saying is, God, this is you. You're my father. I want to be like your son, Jesus Christ. I see what it says. I see what it is. Now, your life, your example is what I want to live like, is what my example is going to change into. I want to be like that. So are we going to continue to lie to ourselves, or are we going to choose to walk the talk in the grace and lie of Jesus Christ? John wants you to take seriously the, 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 constant, the comprehensive nature, the weight of sin, right? The Bible insists that we are creatures who are given moral choices for which we are responsible. Y'all can go out there and y'all can choose to live the way that you want to live. And God's going to let you. But, but we consistently choose to rebel against God and his ways and lives. Our entire world has fallen. Are you going to just go in with that? Are you just going to continue into that? Because this includes Christians. It surprises me how often people in religious settings can be convinced of their spiritual perfection here on this earth. Right? They, they think that they reach some place of spiritual maturity that they do not need for ongoing forgiveness. I'm sorry, my friend. You will not reach that here on this earth. You will always need forgiveness. You'll always have that temptation to fall short. I'm sorry. That's going to happen. Nobody is perfect. I've met people like this. It's shocking. But this, 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 this compre- comprehensive just weight of sin likewise forces us to inquire about confession, right? about coming daily, right? about coming to our Father, uh, that, that we may have, have, have a time that we come to him and say, I have messed up again, and I apologize. There again, I'm not saying that this is not about your salvation. Salvation is a one-time thing. You come before the Lord, you say, I want to live for you. I need, my, I need forgiveness. Only you can give, and only, I, only you only you can pay the price that I can't pay. That's a one-time deal, and you're washed clean. But we are still challenged to come before the Lord daily and to say, I have messed up again, Father. I have fallen short. I cannot do this on my own. And when you truly have your, your faith in Jesus Christ, he looks at you. He sees a son, and son or daughter through a son, Jesus Christ. He says, let's get back up. Let's brush you off. Let's put, let's put a little bandit on you, right? and, and let, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going forward. Because through my son, Jesus Christ, you can overcome. Because he has overcome the world, you can overcome this. And my glory will be made known. Christ's work is ongoing. God did not merely save us 2,000 years ago. He continues to embrace us through Christ who forever resides by his side and within us. So that's the question. Are we going to continue to to lie to yourself? Continue to say that I know what's right, I know what's wrong? Be hypocritical? Or are you going to live for Jesus and truly be set apart and holy like his word challenges us to be and gives us the example to follow? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to be here, to be in your word, to be challenged by it. God, to see that we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect on this world. 
But Father, we're just called to be like your son, Jesus, until we are with you in your kingdom. God, please help us to have your wisdom, to have your goals, to have your mindset, to have your heart, to not go about this world and say, I know what's right, I know what's wrong, and this is how it's going to be, God. But come to you and say, how, how should I live today, God? How can I stand for you today? How can I show your son Jesus Christ and your righteousness today and how I speak and how I live? <coughs> Help us to go from this place and to stop lying to ourselves and to say every day, no, I need to be more like your son Jesus. Help me. Praise in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. For more information about Hyde Park Baptist Church, please check out our website, hydepark.church, or on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Hyde Park Baptist.